Welcome to the You're On Speaker podcast. I'm Kristen Campbell. Um, today we have a very, very special guest, one of my favorite people and favorite clients, Duke Johnson. Welcome. Thanks Thank, for coming out. Appreciate thank you. It. So, <laughs> Duke, you are um, our... You are a client of Flurry Sports and Entertainment Group, but before all of that, you were a uh, beast coming out of high school and college and in the NFL. Um, I'm going to run through your stats and accolades because I know that you will not. But uh, just to kind of give you a rundown, if you're not familiar with Duke Johnson, if you were from the 305 or anywhere in uh, that would play the ACC at any time during – where are you at? 2015? 12, 12 to 15. 12 to 15. Uh, you have heard of Duke Johnson. So coming out of high school, Miami, Norland, and uh, Norland, what's that? Do they call it Carol, Carol City, Norland? Miami Gardens. Miami Gardens. Carol City? I'm just guessing. No, Miami, Miami <laughs> right? Gardens. Miami so, Gardens, Florida. Miami, Norland, out of Miami Gardens, Florida. Duke was uh, a number one prospect coming out of uh, that high school. He was the number one running back and number 30 in uh, the country. Um, he also led that team to a state championship his last year. So go Vikes. That shows, yeah. Um, let's see, what else did you accomplish? 5,000 yards in three years. Um, and that's because and we, we say three years because you were oh, high school. defensive. Yeah, yeah you were DB. a cornerback. You were DB coming out of there. Um, but then transferred over to running back. Who made that decision? The coach. Why? Because running back was my original position. I only played defensive back because I felt like it was a need at the time. Mm -hmm. But I also could do that as well, but – so wait, when okay, let's go back. Let's go back before high school, right? You played at Liberty City Optimus, mm -hmm. right? And so, what did you play during Optimus? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you were at you were designing athlete. Now yeah. you went to IMG Academy. They would say absolutely, <laughs> athlete. absolutely. Like we played. I played D line linebacker. Wait, wait, wait. It was literally anybody could play D line, and literally we we was all we was all the same size. It was it was literally play whatever you want. Were you were you on the, you played like like D ends. tackle? You played no, you didn't. Yeah, There's absolutely no way. So absolutely, because and, and literally the thing about it was the coaches the coaches didn't go on two. Mm -hmm. Most coaches went on one. Mm -hmm. So it was literally he's gonna say. Down said hut. And the moment he says hut, you ain't got to watch the ball. You just get off <laughs> the ball. Yeah, and it was very disruptive until they realized uh, what we was doing. And so, they started changing stuff. Out. So were you, like, dominating on both sides of the ball? Like, did you ever come yeah. out the game? Ish. I came out the game a lot yeah. in Little League, for sure. Yeah. Why? Because you were like, I'm tired and hot. Yeah, the defense, defense <laughs> was just for fun. Sometimes we just played it for fun. It mm -hmm. wasn't really a... Uh, a necessity. It mm -hmm. was just... We was doing it for fun. So... What got you into football? Because you played baseball at some point, correct? Played baseball. Mm -hmm. I, I always said I wish I would have stuck with baseball, but yeah. I, I had no chance in baseball. Why not? I couldn't hit the ball. But you're an athlete. I couldn't hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, no, the, one, the one thing you got to do in baseball, I could not do. <laughs> I can steal funny. bases. Uh -huh. I can field. Mm -hmm. But you couldn't I'd have been it. great at fielding and, and stealing bases. But no hand Well, I couldn't get on base. So, yeah, I would have done no good. You needed to get hit by a pitch in order to get on base or walk. All right, so football was it. You knew, like, you were probably an active child, I'm imagining. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so mom was like, here's a, here's an out. No, mom was like, you're not playing football. Really? Yeah. Tell me about that. Mom didn't want me to play football because uh, it was dangerous and people got hurt, mm -hmm. and I didn't understand that because. You were too fast. No, just in the neighborhood, like, people was dying, and mm -hmm. you talk about people getting hurt. Like, mm -hmm. Where'd you grow up? Liberty City. <laughs> I mean, you could have played at Optimus Living Spring. No, 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 Liberty City. Uh, 80, 83rd and 7th. Mm -hmm. 
But she didn't want me to play football. And then one year for Christmas, that was kind of my gift to for Christmas was mm-hmm. to play football. Okay. And she allowed me then. And you were how old then? Seven. Okay. And you haven't looked back since. So, so from seven all the way till we're not going to. Full-time job. <laughs> 23 years. Full-time job. So Optimist, you played it all. High school, you dominated. Came out, five-star recruit. Went to University of Miami. Um, <laughs> tell me about that experience. You sound excited about it. It was unique, right? Because you technically only played I only played two and a half years years, but but in in the two and a half years I had uh, two officer coordinators and three running back coaches in two and a half years and that makes a difference the two running back coaches I had on the back end of my career had never played the position Mm -hmm. so you were coaching yourself essentially I've been coaching myself since my sophomore year of college really I had I did have a good running back I had a couple of good coaches in the NFL for sure Mm -hmm. but for the most part I've been coaching myself since my sophomore year of college Wow. So that's significant because when you get to University of Miami, um, like I so said, you come in, you come in like this highly touted recruit. And I mean, your freshman year, like you're racking up yards. I think 2000, uh, your first year as well. Is that right? A thousand? Close. Right? I was sharing the backfield with Mike James. Mm-hmm. So I had nine, I want to say I had almost 30 yards, 40 yards off. That's not bad. From a thousand. But I had a thousand all purpose because I returned. I think I'm tied with Devin Hester for kick and punt return. Mm-hmm. So I had a thousand yards all purpose. It's just I was playing the backfield, with Mike James. So got it. Were you still were you catching out the backfield? Because I think you are also tied for um, all purpose yards. I'm definitely tied for all purpose yards, but I don't think I was catching out the backfield at that time. I no. think that didn't start to my second year. Got it. And but, so, where, I mean, have, being that you were essentially coaching yourself, who made that decision? It was just like I can do that. How were you coaching yourself? Uh, it was so it kind of reminds me of when I was in the NFL. I had a coach that hired his friend. Okay. To come be the running back coach. And on the, the friend's first day of running back, I mean the first day of coaching, his first his opening saying to us was, you know, I'm just here. I heard this room runs itself. <laughs> so we're on autopilot okay and then he waited till we all left i mean waited he waited till the end of the day and all the running backs left to hold me after to tell me he knows that the guys listens and gravitates towards me so therefore he's gonna lean on me a lot mm-hmm. to kind of push his message and help him out because i don't really not sure if he really understood right. the position. Right. So but you were essentially captain and kind of de facto coach, right? I've been been that. Yep. Yeah. For a while now. So what was your what was your style at that point? You're young. Like I said, you're new to the. I mean, you're probably what year and a half on campus at that point, or maybe a year on campus. What? How did you take on that role? And um, like, what was important to you? I mean, you guys wanted to win, but that wasn't really happening at the time, was it? No. <laughs> so no. how did so you- I mean we so the thing about it was the recruiting class that we had when I came out was a lot of guys from Florida. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, mm-hmm. a lot of us with the same mindset, the same mentality. But we had a head coach who had a different one. Okay. The head coach didn't have the same mentality we had. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be the the hurricanes that we seen growing up in the nineties, and yeah. he didn't want us to be that. Mm-hmm. He wanted us to be a different breed of hurricanes and we was all confused because we didn't come here to be a different breed of hurricanes mm-hmm. like we came here to be that mm-hmm. so we had a the, the the messaging was 
we had our wires crossed. Like yeah. he wanted one thing and we wanted another. And it was for three years, for three years that I was there, it was a, it was a constant fight on what we want and what he wants. Mm -hmm. And because he was the head coach, he felt that as we should want and do what he says because of it. And I'm not sure if you know much about a lot of Florida kids, but it's never that simple. Tell me about Florida kids. Yeah, it's, I'm from Texas. Yes, yeah, so. it's, it's never it's never as simple as do what I say mm -hmm. because I say it. It's, it's never that simple. Why not? Because it's, you need reason behind it. We mm -hmm. need proof. We need uh, we need Carfax. Mm -hmm. You're a mm -hmm. coach that came from a school mm -hmm. that was semi-successful, but you went at a big school. Mm -hmm. So if you was a coach that kind of came from somewhere that is – "Quote unquote respectable," mm -hmm. then what you say would be easiest to take. Right. But you came from a school that no one really knows. You haven't really been successful, so you telling us to do something just because you say it mm -hmm. is not good enough. So I'm imagining he didn't recruit you, right? Or did he? No one really recruited me. You, you knew I was going, going, regardless. going regardless. It didn't matter who the coach was because I committed under Randy Shannon, and then got he it. got fired. Got it. Mm -hmm. And I was going regardless because mm -hmm. it wasn't about Randy Shannon. So. I would say that that would mean that there was a sense of loyalty. And I guess you tell me what other reason did you stay? Like Loyalty to who? To the school. Like you wanted to play for. Uh, it's just, you know, it was just a childhood dream of mine. It was a childhood <laughs> dream. And, and I always told myself if I've, if I've ever had the opportunity to go, mm -hmm. I was going. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter who the coach was. It didn't matter really? who. It didn't do, you, matter. do you still feel like that was the right decision? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think it was the right decision because, again, I, I stayed true to what I wanted mm -hmm. and what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Was it the best situation for me? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But at, at the time, it didn't matter because I always felt that uh, if if I do my job and I do everything I can to help this team win, I'm going to be successful regardless of what school I'm at. Mm -hmm. And that's what I set out to do was to just to do what I know I can do and be who I can be. Since I've known you, you have been, you know, very resolute about what you're going to do. Like you already have it in your mind. Like this is what I'm. This is the plan. And how are you going to help me execute it? Where did that mindset come from? And when did you know, like, no, I'm, I'm picking this. I'm sticking to this, and I'm going to see it all the way through. Or is that something that you saw, or it's just no idea? No, really, no idea. I don't have a clue that. No, I do. False alarm. It came from my dad. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "What was? How, how did you see that, or did you Re hear that?" Or Re respectfully, mm -hmm. I'm I'm not gonna go into much detail. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is, mm -hmm. the things that he did taught me what to do. Okay. Or the things he did or didn't do taught me that if I'm gonna give somebody my word, if, if I'm gonna tell somebody I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. If I tell somebody I'm gonna be here at this time, I'm gonna be there. And you are that. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's and it's just the way I operate. And being in the NFL and getting fined for being late doesn't help. Because it makes sure that you're on time and mm -hmm. you're you're not if you have to be there at ten a.m. you're there at nine forty-five, mm -hmm. right? So it just it was my dad for sure, one thousand percent. The reason that I am, especially the how anal I am about it, because because mm -hmm. I can be going out and I could be going on a date and it's like, hey, you know, let's meet at this place. At I mean, not meet, but we're gonna leave the house. In 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes, I'm in a car. <laughs> it's on. It's crunk. The car is crunk in 30 minutes. I got the temperature if, to 78 listen, or 72. If you're not in that car <laughs> in 30 problem? minutes, we're going to have an issue. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. 
and and a lot of people try to convince me like, oh, that's just women. They just you know they take longer, and it's like regardless of who it is, if we're supposed to be in the car at ten forty five, if you got to start getting dressed at eight, start getting dressed at eight, but we're leaving <laughs> at ten forty five, and it's and it blows my mind that for a lot of adults, not even just women, but just adults. Period. Like. If we're going out and we meet at this place at 10 o'clock, how many people would not show up to 10, 20? Like my brother. Like me today. My brother. <laughs> my brother My brother would be, I would tell my brother that, you know, we're, it's a group of us. So I have like a group of friends that have kids and we're trying this whole raise, uh, take a village to raise them. So we're trying to keep okay. everybody close and everybody hang out mm-hmm. and we just bond. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we went to the UM game. Mm-hmm. Went to UM game. My brother is always a designated driver. Always, because I don't like driving, and then... I was going to say, because you don't drink, you don't... Yeah, 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 no, 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 I just don't like driving, mm-hmm. and then my friend... Which is ironic, because you got a thousand cars, but <laughs> go ahead, yeah. keep going. And then one of my other close friends, Matt Days, lives mm-hmm. in Parkland, mm-hmm. so he has to drive from Parkland mm-hmm. to where we live, which is a 30, 35-minute drive, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you want him to drive another 30 minutes, so he doesn't drive. Right. So my brother drives. Mm-hmm. Every, every event... He's late. Well, that's annoying. And it and it and it boils my blood. Every <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Like he stays the closest. He stays 15 minutes up the street mm-hmm. and he's late every time. Matthew drives 45, 30 to 40 minutes. And he's early. And he's beating Jared there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jared, why can't you be on time? And every time it's an excuse. And it drives me crazy to the point where I'm not inviting him anymore. I, well, I was going to ask you. Yeah, like, no, he's not. That? He's not. Yeah. He's not getting invited anymore. Well, that kind of like you talked about the like the Florida boy mentality, or like you know, and it sounds like again, I always think of South Florida time. Everybody's late, right? Or thirty minutes is. I'm adopted. <laughs> you've got like punctual Northeast time, um, but that community part is important, right? And so, how did you guys come up with um, the idea to kind of raise your kids together, and why is that important to you? Uh. Why is that important to all of you all? It's important to me because I want my kid to be around families and other kids who think not 100% like me, Mm -hmm. but we all have the same goal. Mm -hmm. Like, our goal is to do what we can to protect our kids, make sure that they're good. And the more people you have around Mm -hmm. that believe in that same model will help you keep going Mm -hmm. as well as protect and keep your kid if anything was happening to you. So it's just about having people around you that can not only support you, but help your kids and kind of be one big family, which is driving me crazy. Because <laughs> we got convinced to move to Parkland because uh-huh. that's where mm-hmm. Matthew Days lives. Mm-hmm. He lives out that way. So we're moving out there. I'm trying to convince Jared and Quincy to move out there as well because mm-hmm. why not? And Jared and Quincy are also part of your your circle and have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Jared, your brother, obviously. Quincy, um, you went to – how long y'all been – I met Quincy like – Later on, but y'all went to Listen, high school together. Quincy, but Quincy is the closest thing I have to like a brother. A brother. Yeah, like, yeah. Quincy is a coach. I don't know what Quincy is. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know what he is? I mean, Quincy's a coach. Correct. Mentally. He's a coach mentally, but he he kind of stepped away. Okay. He kind of stepped away because the the life of a coach, the mm-hmm. time consuming that that part is it's a lot for him. He just had a daughter, mm-hmm. so he wants to spend time with his daughter. And coaching makes that. And coaching of, makes it difficult. Yeah. Which. Yeah. He gets and he he understands that he can grind for these next ten years and put his daughter in a position that, you know, he wouldn't be able to do 
otherwise. So he's trying to find that balance. That balance. Yeah, yeah. But he's that's but, well, that's still your best friend. And yeah, it's, Matt, frus- it's frustrating because yeah. he's he's one of the best football minds I've been around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like he has so much to give and so much knowledge to give and help these kids and these other coaches. Mm-hmm. It's just that he has to find his balance. And until then, he's not going to coach. And these are conversations you all are having together. And Matt, too, because Matt played with you. at Yeah, no, Matt's not a coach. But Matt is a player, ex-player. Ex-player, yes. absolutely. Played with him in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Know him. He's from Miami. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's from Broward. He's not from Miami. Mm-hmm. So no, you all have we don't claim family and football in, in common. I mean, except for Jared. <laughs> Jared didn't play. But yeah. um, family and football seem to go hand in hand. And, I, and when I met you, that was kind of the, the sentiment. So, um, you know, fast forward, we talked about college. And you're coming out of college. Like I said, three, you're kind of three years and done. You're, you're entering the draft. You end up becoming the 77th pick overall. Um, go to the Cleveland Browns. And um, But when I met you, you were putting together your team, right? And this was during a time where, like, I remember Teddy Bridgewater was like, I don't want an agent, you know. um, There was a lot of players that didn't really want to deal with an agency. And you had a lot of people coming and knocking on your your door. And so I got involved with basically by being your counsel. Tell me why you decided to do or make your business that way in the beginning. Like, where did that come from? What's that? Um, to not go just the traditional route of just hiring an agency and, and saying, okay, you guys can handle everything. I you, think I think it was my mom. Yeah. I think it was she didn't feel comfortable with us dealing with other agents directly. Mm-hmm. So she used someone that she deemed to be family because they would have our best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Because I at that time, like, I knew you and I knew, like, I knew you but I didn't really know you. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was young, and then it was, that was one. That was one of those decisions where it was like, "Mama, you think that's best? Mm-hmm. Let's do it." Mm-hmm. It was one of those. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so what was going through your mind during that process? Because was it different than coming to high school, coming out of college? I don't think about nothing. Really, nothing. 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 <laughs> not, <laughs> not, nothing. not. I get not the paydays coming. Nope. I've worked so hard for the nothing. Nothing. You weren't excited about a team. No. You weren't excited about. Combine. You went to Combine. Hated it. If I could do it again, I would not go. I so hated it. I hated lot, everything about it. If, I could, if I could do it again, uh-huh. I would not get on that flight. Know. I would not get on that flight to go to the Combine. Mm-hmm. I so, had to do pro day and make them figure it out. Y'all figure it out. Did you have any context of what Combine was going to be before Absolutely. you got there? Okay. Because the, the mm-hmm. older guys that the older guys told us what it was going to be, mm-hmm. but it's always your own experiences. It's what different. It mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, the Combine wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It's just the fact that they physically and mentally drained you. Mm-hmm. And then on the very last day, it's like, go perform at a high level. Mm-hmm. And it's... It, You're like, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm good. Yeah, it's, it, it kind of stressed me out and kind of not... It was... I won't do it again. Yeah. Long story short. Thank, thankfully, you don't Long have story, to. I would not do it again. I would not <laughs> well, go back. Well, what do you think about, um, you know, if you had to advise a player going through what you've been through? Like I said, they're getting ready to go into the draft. They're figuring out what's next. What advice would you give a player as, as far as putting t- their team together and just preparing for the league? Let's start with this. What, one thing you would tell them for a actual like physical preparation. There's 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 nothing I can really say to justify the magnitude of 
the importance of finding someone that you can trust to be able to be there for you, to support you physically, mentally, financially, just to be there. Mm-hmm. Not not someone who has something to gain from it. Not someone who wants it because they can have it, but someone who genuinely just wants to look out for your best interest, even if they get nothing from it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the hardest thing is because you don't know because money doesn't change you. It changes the people around you. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, it, it's not about you getting the money and you being different. It's just, that's, that's the toughest thing. It's fine. Unless, unless your parents has, which in our community for the most part is, is non-existent. Unless your parents has prepared you for the moment that you get money mm-hmm. and know what to do with it, know how to handle it, know how to deal with it, know, you know, right from wrong when it comes to handling your money and dealing with it, just being financial, um, what is it, financial literacy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being able to know what to do, mm-hmm. that would take a lot of pressure off of that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a guy... Whether you're a first round or you're undrafted, you still get money and you still have opportunity to make a lot of money. And that's a big decision about who you have around you. Because when you're trying to play football or any sport at a high level, it's hard to play when there's a lot on your mind. When you have to worry about, you know, is someone taking my money? Is someone not looking out for my best interest? It, it gets to the point where you rather just do it yourself, but it's so hard to do because you have so much to focus on, especially your early years in the in your profession. is a lot tougher because you, you want to get the playbook. You want to make sure you're in the best shape of your life. You want to make sure, you know, you're making a connection with your teammates. You, you want to make sure you're doing all the right things to kind of make, make you successful so you can see a second and third contract. And it's almost impossible to do it all by yourself. But then again, you look back at it and if you if you don't have the right person, you better off doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm glad you said that. Like we talk, we have like that three we had a three year philosophy, right? Like first year was about becoming a pro, learning the ropes, figuring out like how at least to get in the playbook, make yourself I'm here, right? Available. I'm a part of this Absolutely. organization, right? Mm-hmm. Year two, it's like I gotta get on the field and make a name for myself. So by year three, it's like people are like, We know who that is, we have an expectation that he's going to ball out. And so, you know, we're talking four years of a I mean, three years out of four year contract, we're talking about extension money. And that's what you did. You were able to sign an extension in your third year and be one of the top five highest paid running backs in the league at that time. Um, but you also mentioned like it, that's only three years when you're expected to learn how to manage millions of dollars just like that. Um, and I, you have no, no history. No context and, of it, and, right? And so when I came out my rookie year, I kind of went to my high school and just talked to people just to figure out if there's, if there's a way we can teach life skills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like and what, budgeting? Like, budgeting, mm-hmm. credit. Mm-hmm. Being able to, you know, different loan applications, just just things that will help us as adults mm-hmm. that we would know that can kind of help us. Mm-hmm. Because I joke about it all the time, but you asking me if a train leave going north at 30 miles an hour <laughs> and the station is at station B, mm-hmm. how long? Like, that's not going to help, help me. me. Mm-hmm. It's not going to help me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to pass this class. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to fail in life. Mm-hmm. Like, no, so I think we need more life skill classes in school, which mm-hmm. is something I'm 
tried to get my school to do, but I feel like it's a process. So I'm not yeah. going to beat a dead horse. Mm -hmm. But what I why will do you, say. Why do you think it's so hard? Because I think a lot of people have that. I think we all can agree that those skills are needed, right? Why is what so hard? Why is it so hard to implement things like this into institutions like you okay. know, your so high school? Okay, I don't, so mm -hmm. I don't have all the knowledge on it, but mm -hmm. what I, from what I believe, I think the district has mandated that students and teachers or students has to pass X amount to deem competent or the mm -hmm. school for them to get a good grade. They have to pass this test, this test, this test mm -hmm. for the school to be better or mm -hmm. to be seen as better because mm -hmm. they're passing the the required material. But then when you pass it and you get into the real world, how much of that required material helps you? So I think the district is just focused on what they have to focus on. They're not focusing on the betterment of the student body, the student body mm -hmm. in the long term of them. They're just thinking of the right now to be able to say, yeah, we we did everything we need to. We completed all our tests. We did all our qualifications. The kids did great. Good. Mm -hmm. It's not about I don't I'm not sure if Day County Public Schools is about making the best humans moving forward. I think they're more focused on now and passing these tests just to say we're, you know, we're up to par. Mm -hmm. So even if, but my thing is, even if it's an elective, like I think in, in school we have art and sometimes some schools got music, which jazz school has everything, which I didn't <laughs> know they had. Music and art and, and everything, mm -hmm. everything, everything. Mm -hmm. But for, for Day County, I feel like we all should have electives to where it's, about finances mm -hmm. and learning how to budget and learning uh, inflation and just understanding how it affects your yeah, money. Yeah, mm -hmm. just money all together because, again, like. You were learning that on the fly. Like you were on learning. On the fly. And so I remember us coming up with your very first budget. of Fly. <laughs> no, I like I remember you coming up with the budget. We're sitting with the accountant and it's like, all right, this is what we need to spend this. And it, and it was a very conservative budget. And like it was you like, were spending. Yeah, but it was like, what are you spending money on? And I was like, uh, nothing. Right. You weren't. Well, you, I remember what you spent a lot of money on. In the, in the first year, Which was what? I was, like, shocked, like, how much money you spent on this particular thing. Do you remember? Was it iTunes? Kind of, but it was, like, Candy Crush specifically. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was like, how do you spend this much It was on? Marvel's Future Fighter, <laughs> and it <laughs> like, was a game go, uh, about mm -hmm, the Avengers, mm -hmm. and I love the Avengers, and... And you kept losing, so you had to get. It wasn't. It wasn't one of those games to where I was losing. It was like you had to build your team, and you got to be strong. And the more strong people you have, mm -hmm. the better your team is. Mm -hmm. And they just kept getting me. They kept getting me. I played that every year for like me and Raheem Mosher did it in Cleveland. We did it for well, I for sure did it for three straight years of training camp. That was the one game I sat. <laughs> you were playing. Oh yeah. I'm I'm concerned. It was between that uh -huh. and movies. I bought a lot of movies, yeah. a lot of TV shows yes. on iTunes because yeah. I spent most of my time in the house. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was a, and I would take that expense like compared to you know other vices that I've seen like. If it was going to be in-app in purchases, you gotta, that was fine. You got to pick one. You got to <laughs> pick a vice. I, I tell, that's why I used to tell the rookies, like, you got to pick one. Certain yeah. guys can yeah. pick more than one. Yeah. But yeah. pick one. Do you think, I mean, and again, you've been in the league eight years now, going on eight years now. Have you seen? Nine. 
Wow. This last this year was eight. This would be nine. This would be nine. Um, congratulations. Because nah, that's a big you. deal. Like the average, you know, especially in your position, the average yeah. is less than three years. And right now it's, I think, closer to two. <laughs> um, so that's significant. So a big hats off to you. I'm proud of you. So when you went to Cleveland, um, immediately, like, you got on the ball and you're like, all right, I need the budget. I need set out. Like, we did set aside a little bit of money so you can buy your get. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about. Mustang, right? Have some fun. You had some fun. Mm -hmm. You got you got the car. You are into cars, right? And you mm -hmm. like what kind of cars? Speed cars. Fast cars. cars. Yeah. Have to be fast. Yeah. How, at, the, at the peak, how many cars did you have at one time? Two. Two? Really? Peak. No. I've never had more than three cars at a time. I Okay, I'm so well. You didn't, but there were more cars in your name at one point, correct? <laughs> in my name, yes. Max, four. Max. Max. Yeah, Nisha, Cassandra, and then my two. Max. Okay. Okay. Max four. So you had a budget mm -hmm. and that you ran, but there was also a family budget. Yeah, would you say? Yes. <laughs> so, but the so my family budget that I always put aside was for my younger siblings. Mm -hmm. It was always to make sure that, like, if they needed stuff, tutors, school, mm -hmm. whatever it was, I just put it to the side for them. Mm -hmm. And I took care of the older, well, not the older, yeah, I took care of the older ones mm -hmm. by providing them to a living space, which they lived that with my mom. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and that worked. <laughs> so barely barely worked, yeah, right worked. so you had like i said it wasn't necessarily your responsibility but you kind of took on the responsibility of you know provider for your family never again <laughs> tell me about it I tell me never do it again. why not because <laughs> i don't i don't think i don't think we understand as athletes when we support our families take care of our families like that they get lazy well some of them do i'm not gonna say everybody family get lazy because people family's different but some families get lazy, mm -hmm. and instead of keep working hard and keep doing it, they'd be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it because I don't have to. Yeah. So would you say, like, money, like you said, money doesn't change. Me. It changes change people around, around me. You. Absolutely. Do you think that the there was a sense of comfort that led Absolutely. to? Absolutely. Yeah. That led to Everybody got comfortable. Yeah. Everybody um, got comfortable. Nobody how did was, you remain uncomfortable in order to keep driving? Like, because again, you've got to do this week in and week out. Like, what did you do to keep yourself together? Other than play Marvel Avenger. Uh, <laughs> so I've always had a long, like I, my goal has always been just to play as long as my body will hold up. Mm -hmm. So as long as my body felt good, it was just, you know, just keep playing and keep focusing on the next game and the next game. And then once the season ends, we reset mm -hmm. and we just do it again, take it a game at a time. As long as my body feels good, I feel like I can hold up, mm -hmm. I keep playing. Did you ever feel pressure to have to continue to provide once it had begun? Like once the lifestyle had been obtained, not necessarily for you, but for pressure? everybody around you? Pressure? No, mm -hmm. I wish I could have got out of it earlier. Mm -hmm. I feel like I waited too late to get out of it. Mm -hmm. It was okay to do initially, kind of set them up to allow them to do things. But like I said, you giving them money, providing for them, makes them lazy, and then they don't do anything. And it's not like it's a incapable body. Mm -hmm. This is a, a more than capable body that can do things that can can provide for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just choose not to, mm -hmm. right? So it was. It's that for me is knowing that I should have gotten out four years earlier. Mm -hmm. 
But do you think you really would have? And I say that because I think that you're a benevolent person, that you wanted to, like, I remember there was a coach that you bought a car for. Hey, because it didn't. Cat didn't, daddy. Right, right. And because he, he had been an integral part of your, you know, career and your, you know, growing up. And it was something, like, he didn't have a car. Did he have holes in the car or something like that? Yeah, the, the, the car was badly holding on. We would come back from, we would come back from our football game. Mm-hmm. In high school, and his car wouldn't crank. Mm-hmm. And he's in the parking lot trying to crank it, and it wouldn't crank. And it's like, I'm not sure if he felt embarrassed because he was one of those coaches. I was like, bro. It is what it is. It is what it is. He was one of those. And it's, it was to the point where it was bad. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he helped so many other guys along the way mm-hmm. to get to the position that I was in that didn't help him. So I felt like I would help him. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot more for those other guys than he did for me. Mm-hmm. But... You know how people are. Well, how are people, right? Because <laughs> I, Lisa, I know you, and I've again we've worked Res- through this. Respectfully, mm-hmm. I do not like people. Why don't you like people? Respectfully, you like people. You just don't like, like people. Okay. Do not like I don't people. Think you like rude Res- people. Respectfully, <laughs> oh, I don't think you like. In, in I don't like people. people. Let me tell you why I don't like people. Because mm-hmm. I don't. I've always been in a position to where if I go out and I do something wrong. Or if me and you get into it and I do something, I say something, you can sue me. I will lose everything I worked for because you, right? Mm-hmm. And and me, not just you, but both of us. But I'm losing everything I worked hard for, right? And a lot of times there are people in this world that go out every Saturday hoping this happens. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of egging guys on and egging people on to try to sue them to take what they earn. And have you seen that in real? Like, have you experienced that yourself or with some with friends? Like, have you witnessed that? No, because I'm the only one in my friend group that can get sued. The rest <laughs> of my friends can't get sued, so <laughs> they can fight all they want to. Mm-hmm. But it, it comes to a point where, for me, it's about control. And we always talk about control is you control. I can't control another person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't leave my house and I stay away from people because I can't control you. I don't know what you want. I don't know your intentions. I don't know... If you're trying to set me up, I don't know if you if you trying to like I don't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to minimize that, mm-hmm. I just stay away from people. Mm-hmm. The ones that I know, mm-hmm. I spend as much time around you as I can, and, and spend time with you as much as possible. But as far as going into random places and going to parties and going to clubs and like if I go to a concert, like if I go, when I go to UM games, mm-hmm. I'm in a suite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't allow myself to be around other people that I can't control. Mm-hmm. Because I know me and I know how I react to certain situations. So I don't put myself in those situations mm-hmm. that I know I react a mm-hmm. bad way that won't show well mm-hmm. on my character. Mm-hmm. So I just stay away from people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just evil, mean, terrible people. And then you have some great people. Mm-hmm. But there's so many bad people in this world that I just mm-hmm. rather stay away. You're not trying to engage. No, like I'm you, cool. You come in peace. I, I My goal every day I leave my house is to make it home. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't believe in... Like, roll rage, people be getting upset. Y'all got it, bro. I don't know what y'all got going on today. I don't know your girlfriend broke up with you. I don't I'm know you're having a long day. Bro, you may just got some bad news. You got it, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I'm cool. And a lot of times, a lot of times growing up in where I grew up, it's like people's like, oh, you soft. Or that's soft, or, man. He got to mm-hmm. get his. I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, yeah. I got a kid. Yeah. I'm trying to make it home. I don't really. You got it, bro. Yeah. You don't yeah. bother me. I won't bother you. You had a long day. I apologize. I didn't know. Go yeah. about your business. Yeah. So it's about, it's just, people are so unpredictable. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. It like, I, me being out in public gives me anxiety. 
Because at any given time, I don't know anybody around me. I don't know your intentions. I don't know nothing about you. Mm-hmm. Like, I was standing outside on the, the steps and just kept, people kept walking behind me, beside me. And it's like, I got to look at every person because it's like, you're kind of too close. Mm-hmm. I don't. Did you have that experience growing up where it's like, I have to make sure that we're protected? I have to make sure that, again, we are safe. Did you feel that uh, No, because no. I feel like the kind of the older guys in the neighborhood made sure the kids were safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like the guys who was in the stuff mm-hmm. made sure that mm-hmm. the kids were safe. So yeah. I, as a kid, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like it was dangerous. It was a lot of times where bad things could have happened and went wrong. Mm-hmm. But I was a kid. I was enjoying it. And the older guys was the ones that was looking out for the kids. Yeah. But now that I'm uh-huh. kind of older now. It's like, I got to look up for myself. And you have a different experience with your kid, right? Like, he's not growing up in the same environment nope. that you're in. Like, Absolutely how do you not. think about, do you think, how do I, do I expose him to it? Do I not? Like, what, what oh, do you just, do? What do you, how do you see yourself raising him with that context? Like, I grew up totally different than you. Uh, teasing the way I tease his mama. <laughs> but I was, you don't know what a candy lady is? I was, in, I was in college. I was in college uh-huh. in... I was in college and it was a one of our strength coach named Coles. Loved him to death. Mm-hmm. Coles asked us when we when we get older, we make it to the NFL, we are successful in whatever our fields are. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna raise your kids in the hood? And everyone said a absolutely not. Right, mm-hmm. it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Why? Mm-hmm. Look at y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all grew turned up. Out all right. y'all, y'all turned out good. <laughs> why? Why uh-huh. not?" And uh-huh. it was like, "Because <sighs> we don't have to." Like mm-hmm. we don't we don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's like it's okay mm-hmm. to not want to be that anymore. It's okay to want to. So the way I'm gonna deal with my kid is tease him. You don't That's have a candy lady. Yeah, you, you, you don't have, have a candy lady. You don't know this experience. I did right? a. So I did a. I was doing a project for school, and it was basically describing the neighborhood that I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I had to compare it to a guy that I read about in a book, and he was saying how, how he missed the aesthetics of a neighborhood and he missed how the the neighborhood was friendly to the people in it mm-hmm. and the neighborhood served its purpose to the community mm-hmm. and the more i looked at my neighborhood my neighborhood was not that yeah my neighborhood didn't serve no purpose my neighborhood not didn't serve because it served a lot of purpose mm-hmm. but it wasn't aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Jazz was saying, how her neighborhood was well mannered, lawns, nice people came out, nice fences, everything's look good, and I was like, that's not a necessity. Yeah, yeah. Like we talk about yeah. like a necessity, it's not a necessity, and we got that now, mm-hmm. but. So I grew, I feel like I grew up like jazz, although I had to go to the country and have a different experience, mm-hmm. right? So my parents always took me back. And so I think about where you come from. Like they did a story with ESPN one time and said, like, if you draw, draw a a five mile radius around just Charles Hadley Park in Liberty City. It's like the most NFL active players at one point came from that five mile radius, mm-hmm. right? So they said a lot, a lot of great people came from there. Les Miles, um, who was a motivational speaker, he came from there. Like I know a ton of successful people that came from there. And it goes back to what you were talking about with like laziness and, and comfort. And, and you, I believe, can be successful coming from either environment. But mm-hmm. just that idea of like getting out, right? And what, once you get out, then what, right? Because I, my question to you is, and I wonder if this translates to why people got lazy around you, as you would say, um, it was more like we've been in, in survival mode for so long, right? We've been trying to make it. We've worked really hard to get this point. We need a break, right? We who? 
<laughs> all the people in your who, fa- no, the people no. that who were, worked hard to get LA's. here you worked who hard, worked hard right? to get here that's did the you thing ever get tired that's the did thing. you ever feel like there was a a moment where there was like a switch where it's like okay i made it now what and did, did it really feel any different no nah, I've, I've never had a i made it switch because yeah. <sighs> do you think that's common like do you because i don't think that there is a switch between going from you know Making five dollars to five million dollars. Yes, there a lot of there's a lot of zeros and it looks good the first time, but as far as your life changing, when you made that first check You don't you don't you don't realize you don't realize the effect that having more money is gonna do to your life. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. so it's not about everybody everybody thinks money solves problems. Mm-hmm. They they do. Mm-hmm. But they cause a lot more. Mm-hmm. Cause more problems than they solve. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee that. Because mm-hmm. then again, so I've always joked. I always joked about I want to make a lot of money, but I don't want to make enough money where I need a bodyguard. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make enough money where I have to Worry call ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be that. I don't you like. Can cause a riot if you go out places like. Yeah. Like that Drake like can't go to certain places without. How know, fun is that? That doesn't sound. That fun. doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> and this coming from someone mm-hmm. that doesn't leave the house, right? Mm-hmm. So for for there to be a money kind of a limit to money which don't get me wrong there are a lot of people that makes a lot of money that no one knows mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. and but that's i'm not in that profession yeah yet. you don't what do you think that again your salary is going to be on the internet people watch you every sunday and now with the internet and social media like you can find pretty much whatever you want to find or think you want to find about somebody so your privacy is pretty much mm-hmm. kind of null and vo- void how do you navigate and it's been like that for you for some time be- i think in the beginning because you were so good at what you did right mm-hmm. um so you did have to trade a lot of your success to you know giving up a lot of privacy people felt like they needed to have access to you because it's like oh i've been watching you since high school and i've been a fan how do you navigate that fandom <laughs> what's that like terrible different right it's terrible different so i i, I think i no no terrible, terrible? It's, Just, is it, well is it no because you've had so don't get me wrong the fans not bad right. like the fans and the people that want to be fans and want autographs and want things they they aren't bad people it's not bad to want that it's just it's just tough sometimes because you have to do what sometimes you don't want to do right like if right. i'm out with my right. family and i want to just hang out and i don't want to take pictures you don't have that luxury i don't have that luxury mm-hmm. which i do but i don't right it's one of those so yeah. so we're Fandom and everyone thinks again having a lot of followers and have a lot of fans is a good thing and mm-hmm. it's not. If I can, if I could have got my money in peace with no fans, I could have two hundred followers on Instagram. Lovely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lovely, because yeah. it's I get to do my job and go home like and go home else. like a regular civilian. So, I don't, I don't want to be on no pedestal. I don't want to mm-hmm. be, and it's not my fault that I'm just good at what I do. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine being Odell. Yeah, right. Couldn't. Right? I couldn't. Right? I could. I couldn't do yeah. it. The trade-off. I think people take for you know. I I'm very quick to correct. Um, you know, uh, sport watchers, fans, when they're very critical about you know you what you all do, and I mean just some, in a game, it's like oh they blew this play. Oh, he should have caught that ball, and it's like that's really easy for you to say, right? Um, I think 
what's the biggest misconception do you, do you think that fans have about what you do or um, how things play out? I don't argue with no one <laughs> that can't do my job, mm-hmm. nor have no one in your family ever done it. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. never witnessed anybody that can do my job, mm-hmm. ever. You can't do my job. I'm not arguing with you. I don't even care if you're on TV. Mm-hmm. If you're on TV and your whole job has been in somebody's room, typing, watching the film, you can't do my job. Mm-hmm. You've never done it. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me mm-hmm. how to do my job. Mm-hmm. So there's just to me, it's simple as that. Like mm-hmm. Sometimes it's frustrating because, again, there's a lot of people that just go on and just talk, talk, talk. And it would be easier to... It'd be easier to respond. Mm-hmm. It's so hard not to respond because you Everything don't know what you're talking is, about. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But instead of me telling you know you don't know what you're talking about, I'm gonna let you stew in it and mm-hmm. just let you realize you know what you're talking about, and I'm just gonna ignore you. Everybody has an opinion. That's what social media do. That's what it is. Right? I'm cool with that. Right? I have your opinion, right? But bro, if you can't do my job, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna take it with a slight yeah, grain of salt. Not. Actually, not. I don't right? argue with nobody mm-hmm. that cannot do my job mm-hmm. or has never done it. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you mm-hmm. sit on your couch all day and watch football, if you're a sports fanatic, hats off to you. Right. I respect you, mm-hmm. but sir, ma'am, you cannot do my job. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how simple you think it look. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, I saw um, uh, Kittle talking about just the the week and how. Basically, every day it's like running into a car. Like your body is basically as a running back. No, no, running back car crash. Right. Every, every time you every, every play, time you get the ball, it's a car play, crash. Right. They say it's equivalent to a car crash. How every many times time, a day? <laughs> every <laughs> time you touch the ball, and you get hit. And so it's on a average, car crash. you're taking how many? How you're getting the ball? How so, many times a game? So a game, you. So I mean, me, mm-hmm. me, maybe eight to nine, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. twenty three. Josh Jacobs, the same, mm-hmm. all those high-end top guys, mm-hmm. they're taking 25, 20 to 25 car crashes a game. A game. 17 weeks. A game. That's not the playoffs. And you want me, and you want me to entertain you who's still <laughs> on your couch and just watch games about how I should run or things I should do better mm-hmm. or why I'm not successful or why. Mm-hmm. Sir. <laughs> ma'am. ma'am. <laughs> let me ask no. you this. Let me ask you this. Can you take me through a week of, like I said, that's just Sunday, right? That's Sunday where, week? yeah, but that, well, let's just take, like I said, you've gone through eight to nine car crashes, the equivalent of such, on and, Sunday. Okay, so Sunday, and then, and then right. Monday between. Well, let's go to Sunday night, right? Because you Oh, Sunday you beat have, up. And you have, what, family in town that you have to, to cater to? No, nah, I'm not catering to it, but most people have family in town you have right. to cater to. Right. Yeah, because they come to the game and they want, they want the full experience. They want to go out and kick it. And sometimes you would do it, but for me, I had a house. I had a house big enough to have my family there. Mm-hmm. It was a nice little house, mm-hmm. not a mansion, but just, just enough nice, space to have everybody. Nice TV yeah, room and- just have everybody there. <laughs> so what we go do is mm-hmm. somebody go cook mm-hmm. or order some food, mm-hmm. and we go sit here and do nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm beat up. Mm-hmm. My ankle sprain. I got bumps and swellings all over my body. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out to have no fun with y'all and mm-hmm. y'all. If y'all want to do this, we go do this before the game. And mm-hmm. even then, I gotta get some sleep. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. so that's just Sunday and Sunday night. So Monday comes. Monday comes. Monday comes is recovery. You go in, you just get a workout in. You move around to try to get that elastic acid out of your body. Try to get unsore. Tuesday is technically an off, off day. day. Mm-hmm. It's not off day. Mm-hmm. It's not off day. Mm-hmm. It's never off day. It's never. <laughs> Why is it never an off day? Because. 
you've got what marketing obligations you've got so some sometimes team obligations sometimes you got, got marketing ob- so there's really no true you have to do this mm-hmm, but you, you have to do it because mm-hmm. you, you gotta put because you gotta prepare for the week mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta come in and, and and work on your body make sure you're healthy mm-hmm. you gotta watch some film you, you gotta get a jump start on the week so you have to do something you just not home doing nothing even if you home and you don't go in the building you still got to try to catch up on some film mm-hmm. to be prepared for the next day mm-hmm. and you have to just be prepared mm-hmm. right and then we go wednesday mm-hmm. Wednesday, depending on the team depending on what time of the year you win that's your day mm-hmm. that's the day where you're banging you got on pads we going mm-hmm. we going and god forbid you're still sore from sunday and you still be there from sunday you got to figure it out mm-hmm. you got to try to navigate and figure out See if your coach will work with you to get you some plays, but not really bang you up because you still hurting. Uh, and that's that's probably before meetings, and then you got the rest of the day. You sit in meetings from call it one p.m. to like five, five six. You're out the out the building. Not out the building depends. If you beat up, gotta get more get treatment. Back, yeah, mm-hmm. gotta get some more treatment. If you miss your workout, you gotta get a workout in. You gotta you gotta do all that stuff. Thursday come Thursday to kind of just start to slow down, short yardage, goal line things to kind of get your feet up on you. Uh, but same thing, if you beat up, you got treatment. Even if you're not beat up, you still gotta get some treatment. Still gotta check in, make sure you're alright. Uh, you gotta get your lifts in, and then Friday. I think the hardest part about football that people really don't realize. Is how much effort it takes to play football. And by that, what do you mean? So you, so we all look at football and we all look at guys every day and it's like, oh, man, I can do that. Or I could have made that throw. I had my neighbor tell me yesterday that he could have made a throw that one of the quarterbacks missed. Mm-hmm. You can't. Because because we're so good at what we do, we make it look effortless. Mm-hmm. We make it look easy. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. I don't think people understand the amount, how, like how hard it is to play football. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the one percent of one percent, right? Like coming out of college, absent that Alabama team that had like Jalen Hurts, Tua, and like basically everybody was a first round pick and done well. Um, most teams don't have and a lot of those guys on that team it. didn't make it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing they had a, they had a lot of guys lot of but guys. those guys just happened to stand out Correct. but there's a lot of guys on that team that did not make it and that, that were great players or they made it mm-hmm. they just didn't produce right they just mm-hmm. did they fell they mm-hmm. fell through the cracks right so yeah no it's yeah, to be a pro. Like I said, to be a pro is it takes work in any profession, right? Any it doesn't matter it what doesn't matter. it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do. Mm-hmm. That's just like that's just like me looking at someone who will go to an office mm-hmm. at nine AM mm-hmm. and have to sit at a desk all day making calls, sending emails. I couldn't do it. <laughs> right. You're like you can have it. Bro, You're I, finding a little mouse jiggler. Bro, listen, like, I I'm listen gonna, I'm out. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like I don't and I don't think we appreciate everyone's job and we all look at somebody else's job and be like oh man i can do that mm-hmm. or that's easy and it's like yeah no it's not it's not easy and it doesn't matter what you're doing mm-hmm. like if you're good at your job mm-hmm. you're good at your job mm-hmm. everybody just can't do it right like right 
it's, it, it low key stresses me out because I have a I have a level of respect for people in their jobs mm-hmm. that is like bro. You got it, mm-hmm. bro. I could not ride around no FedEx truck all day dropping off packages to people's house. No, I could. One I couldn't do it. Have AC in the truck, so. <laughs> and you, but think about it. Then you got to deal with. Then you got to deal with. Hypothetically, you drop the wrong package off to the wrong person's house. Now mm-hmm. they're pissed, and the person that they didn't get their pack, packages mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. You got to go out in this hot weather. You got to get up. You got to do stuff. Back hurt, legs mm-hmm. hurt. You may get chased by a dog. You may walk in somebody's neighborhood that you feel me. You ain't welcome. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Bro, just have respect for people's jobs. I get it. Y'all got y'all fantasy leagues. Y'all got y'all bookie tickets. I get it, man. I, I understand. Y'all trying to... I get it. Bro, respect people's jobs and the things that they put their effort into. Yeah. you. But you have a... Again, and just based upon your record, you kind of have a spirit of excellence in that, you know, whether it's I'm going to... If I were... If I was good at dropping off packages, right? If I was good at office work i would put a hundred percent in that as well right hundred percent that's it it does not matter what it is put a hundred percent in it right man if it's if it's making you happy it's providing for your family do it like i seen this video about the you know full review of keith lee yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah and how he went to atlanta Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just and his whole thing was from what I understand, is he wanted to just be treated like a regular person. Correct. And a lot of these businesses wasn't doing that. They would right. treat him like celebrity, right. and he didn't like that. Right. Right? Because he wanted the experience of a regular consumer. Are you treating people well, no matter who it is? That's right? it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then people on social media is mad at him. Like, be- why would you do that? You have celebrity status, right? But I didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I'm doing is feeding my family. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. about it's not about the, the, the being famous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a to me. That's what it seems like for him. It's yeah. not about being famous. Yeah. He don't care to be famous. Mm-hmm. He cares about doing what he has to do to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. And he's a full reviewer that blew up on TikTok. Right. Mm-hmm. So my thing is respect people's jobs. Mm-hmm. Like his job, especially if they enjoy it mm-hmm. and it's bringing them money to be able to provide for their family. Right. Who are you to say you can do it better? Because mm-hmm. if you can do it better, you'll be doing it. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. That kind of helps me to transition to like this whole idea of name image likeness and that college players can now, right? They can now profit off of their, you know, their name. Like before, when you were in school, just think, like, just think, just coming out of high school, going to University of Miami, like I said, all of the accolades that I read through, what, what, what could you have made and what work would you have been willing to do? Like, would you have been ready to commit to, you know, a couple of posts a day, going to meetings, like, Figuring out how to maximize your dollar and Absolutely. at the same time learning how to manage that money, right? Because like That's you said, you thing. were an adult when That's you were having to do that. Now we're talking thing. about 16, 17, 18 year olds. If these NIL deals are coming with financial literacy, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. If they're not, mm-hmm. terrible idea. Mm-hmm. I think all the kids that's getting this money mm-hmm. should be able to find ways to make it last mm-hmm. because we are not making it to the NFL. Correct, correct. WNBA. Yeah. MLB, mm-hmm. you're every, we're all not making it. What, so what, if you got a chance to make the money, mm-hmm. make it, so save it. What would you say? Like I said, you've been you've been through, and you've also been through that small window of like having to figure things out on the fly. Mm-hmm. How would you tell a young person who's like like I said NIL, uh, an lucrative NIL uh, prospect? about navigating and putting their team together or putting things together very quickly so they can continue to succeed. It's always going to start at the top. Yeah. You got to find that one person you trust mm-hmm. that's going to look out for your best interest. It's always going to start there. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you have that trust with 
that top person, that mm-hmm. closest to you, that they're gonna look out for you. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be successful. Mm-hmm. Very hard because every every day, if you if you keep track of your account and you look in your account and you see money missing and you're like, what is happening? What mm-hmm. is happening? Mm-hmm. So. What do you think your NIL valuation would have been? <laughs> what do you, I have some idea. I have some speculation, I'm not gonna lie. right? I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. Based off of what I've heard that someone at the University of Miami is making. Mm-hmm. You think you'd be comparable to that? More. More? Yeah. More. Mm-hmm. I think I would be vi- more valuable than most of anybody on the offense right now. Mm-hmm. What would you – Would so coming out of, like, again, coming – playing college – Going to leave, you've got a million dollars in your pocket. What would you have done with that million earlier than what you did with your money uh, later? Probably, probably would have uh, either invested it mm-hmm. or bought a property or like bought my forever home. Mm-hmm. The only issue was I didn't know exactly where I wanted to live. Yeah. But if I if I can do it all again mm-hmm. and I know where I want to live, I would just bought my property in college. With my NIL money, I'd have bought my property even if I didn't live there. Mm-hmm. I'd have had it, and it would have been there. So when the time did came, it was paid off, cash, we good to go. And you had a place to live. Had a place to live. Cool. I want to keep going on and on and on, and I'm going to bring you back again. But I really appreciate you oh. being so candid and so honest oh, and uh, sure. giving us some jewels and gems. <laughs> Thank yes, you. I've enjoyed you. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed us today on You're On Speaker. It's Kristen Campbell. Join us next time, and uh, we got some good news for you.